Hello, and welcome to Sportstopia's Fantasy Fire and Ice podcast. My name is Chris Crawford. Thanks so much for joining us. Today is Wednesday, August 30th, and we're going to help you build a DFS lineup with some help with the awesome Sports Logic Contrarian and Optimizer. But first, I'm very excited to introduce my co-host, Sarah Sanchez. We're going to be doing this show together every Wednesday. Uh, it'll be a nice break from having to talk to Drew Silva every day. I'm just, I'm tired of that guy's face, if I'm just being honest with you, Sarah. Uh, Sarah, how are you? And why don't you tell everyone a little bit about your background and what you'll be bringing to the fine folks of Sportstopia? Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for the kind intro. Uh, although Drew, Drew is great. I I, I appreciate okay. giving you a little bit of a break from the Chris <laughs> and Drew show. Uh, He's okay. My, my name's Sarah Sanchez. You might know me from my Cubs writing over at bleedcubbyblue.com. That's where I got my start over at SB Nation. I am the co-host of the Cup of Cubby Blue podcast over there. Uh, my fantasy writing can be found at Baseball HQ. I do the Playing Time Tomorrow column about the NL East. Every week that drops late at night on Friday, early in the morning on Saturday. So check that out if you're looking for news and notes about the NL East. And then now you can find me here at Sportstopia. I'm really excited to be co-hosting the show with you on Wednesday, learning a bit about the Optimizer Daily Fantasy uh, stuff. And yeah, writing a bit here and there. So excited to be here. Excited to have you. We're both learning together. You know, uh, none of us, I think both of us would say we're not exactly DFS experts per se, because we're learning together. But uh, this tool has made it very easy. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I heard uh, that you got a chance to play yesterday. Did you want to talk about that experience? Yeah, we totally can. I mean, although I admit that I was just kind of playing around with the optimizer sure. and sure. looking at the different settings, seeing what I could do. Um, it gave me a really interesting stack in that one that I would do. It was like half one that I would have done on my own and half one that I probably wouldn't have done, which I think is the beauty yeah. Uh, the contrarian optimizer, it kind of mixes things up a little bit so that you're not playing the exact same play that everybody else is playing. My daily fantasy experience at the moment is pretty limited to the Tout Wars daily competition, which I participate uh, in. And, you nice. know, I I love the Tout Wars daily competition. It's a lot of fun. I'll usually like take my slate there and pop it in a $3 competition or a $4 competition. Yesterday, though, I made a rookie air. Uh, so, and, and I... And this is one of the risks that you get with daily fantasy. It's not going to be news to any of our players who I'm sure know like time zones exist and some games start later than others. But I've been riding this Mariners hot streak. We're going to talk more about that a little bit today, I'm sure. But um, and I wanted to stack some Mariners. And so I built my lineup and the optimizer helped me devise a lineup with a Mariners stack and a giant stack. The giant stack was the unexpected part of that for me. Um, and I had Julio Rodriguez and George Kirby in that lineup. And then I set it and I walked to Wrigley Field to watch Corbin Burns and Justin Steele and what was an excellent pitcher's duel. And oh, yeah. I was real engrossed in the game. You know, it's a 1-0 game in the eighth inning when I realized that George Kirby and Julio Rodriguez had both been pulled at the last minute. So <sighs> that pretty much spelled the death of my stack. There was nothing I could really do about it. There was no replacement to be had. That's at either of those levels. There was no way to like... Like, how do you place Julio Rodriguez with what he's been doing lately? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that kind of leads into, you know, our, our weather check and our injury lineup concerns. It doesn't look like anything uh, using the Rotowire weather tool and some other stuff. It does not look like we have any real uh, weather concerns. There are a lot of day-day games today, so you could be seeing some shadow issues with some guys early on, but I don't think it's going to be too much of a factor. But – Injury lineup concerns, starting with Julio Rodriguez. The reason he was scratched, it was announced, is left foot soreness. 
if you're thinking about using Julio Rodriguez, and I think a lot of people will consider using Julio Rodriguez when you're uh, talking about a player as hot as anyone in the month of August, be cognizant and make sure that he actually ends up being in the lineup. It's a day game today. That lineup should be out right around 11 a.m. Uh, no, more like 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Cade Marlowe, likely the replacement if he can't go. Kind of an interesting fantasy option, but has struggled with strikeouts and hasn't provided the stolen bases. Uh, but absolutely be sure that Julio Rodriguez is in the lineup. It would actually, I would be betting against it, especially with the Mariners having an off day on Thursday. I would guess that probably Julio gets an extra day of rest and then fresh to go um, for that series against the Mets starting on Friday. Uh, Sarah, when we're putting together the show sheet, I'm glad you brought it up. The Angels waiver wire palooza is a perfect name for it. This is one of the most insane things. I'll have you get into it, but just real quick. Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, Renato Lopez, Hunter Renfro, and Randall Gritchuk all placed on waivers. Uh, this is pretty wild. Oh, it's totally wild. I think our friend Eno Saris put it best on Twitter. He was just like, for $8 million, you could have the Angels trade deadline, like the whole thing. You can just buy it, right? And obviously you can't do that because it's waiver claims and so teams have to go in and like submit their claims and some guys are going to go some places and some guys are going to go other places. Matt Moore to the Cubs would be a perfect fit, in my opinion. That bullpen mm. could really use a lefty. Uh, I think that they would rather do that than something splashy like Lucas Giolito, although I would also not object to Lucas Giolito coming to the north side of Chicago. Yeah. It is a totally crazy move. I've never seen anything like it at a waiver deadline in my time watching baseball. It didn't happen last year with the CBA setup the way it is. I don't love it for the future of the game. I don't no. like Bader and Clevenger being on the waiver wire either. Those are just really big impact guys that sure. basically a team, all they have to do is pay a month of salary. No players are going to change hands. Nothing of that effect. It's literally just a cash, cash dump for, dump for one team, cash grab for another team. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. But it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, but it's something you'd absolutely have to keep an eye just in case you missed it. It wasn't a late night thing, but uh, don't want those guys in your lineup for the Angels tonight. Don't want Renfro. Don't want Gritchick because they will absolutely not be playing for a couple of days. Uh, Jaron Duran out for the year is also an interesting one here. Uh, it looks like Adam Duvall will get majority of the reps, but they also called up Sedan Raffaella, who I think is one of the more underrated prospects in baseball and is going to be somebody I'm taking an eye on uh, in fantasy leagues for sure. A guy who can hit for average, hit for power, steal some bases, picked up his first MLB hit yesterday. I think there's a nice opportunity here, and it's going to be price, uh, obviously going to play a big factor. Price always plays a big factor when you're talking about daily fantasy sports. But like, and also matchup dependent. If he's in against a left-hander who doesn't exactly have great swing and miss stuff, I really like Rafaela. If it's a left-hander that, or if it's a right-hander that's a little tougher, Maybe not so much, but I do think Raffaella has a chance to provide some fantasy potential uh, for the remainder of the 2023 campaign. I think he does too. And he's a glove first outfielder, so he's going to stick, right? The yeah. Red Sox need his glove out there to do, to do, the, do that job. Um, and sure. the, I'm going to speak a little bit more to Adam Duvall, though, because I, I picked up Adam Duvall in a handful of leagues earlier this season. His mm -hmm. swing was made 
for Fenway, and he can go on some real power tears there at that ballpark. He's on one right now, actually. I mean, I think it was yesterday I looked up, and I don't know if he saw if he kept it going, but he had a three-game home run streak. Like, that dude has light tower power, and now he doesn't have anything standing in the way of playing time for a Boston team that is very much in the hunt. Absolutely. And then finally, Matt McClain on the 10-day IL. Uh, I think this is the big thing here is it's going to open up playing time for Noel Marte, one of the better prospects in baseball acquired in the Luis Castillo trade that sent uh, Castillo to Seattle. I think both teams can actually be pretty happy about this one, Sarah, based on how things are going. Although Luis Castillo, boy, maybe Cincinnati's running away with this thing if they have him at the top of the rotation. But uh, getting some nice prospects there. I like Marte as a daily fantasy play uh, when you have a chance to put him in the lineup. How about you? I love Marte as a daily fantasy play when he's in the lineup. And I actually was a little hesitant in redraft leagues and in roto leagues because I was just kind of like, when when is he going to play? But McLean being injured does open up that playing time for him. And I think that Noel de Marte is a truly impact prospect. And, and if he gets on a little bit of a hot streak here, the Reds are going to have a wealth of dudes who can play um, going into September and into the postseason. I, I really like this Reds team. They're a lot of fun. They are a ton of fun. And uh, they're unfortunately, they're, uh, their ownership group, which is not my favorite, uh, when they asked where are you going to go, apparently it's to the postseason because they're going to get a chance to play in October, I think. All right, let's take a look at some stacks. And Sarah, uh, based on this lineup, which is a very full slate, uh, who are some? who's a team that you're looking at playing for this Wednesday slate? Yeah, I'm really interested in the Blue Jays at the moment. I think that they've got a favorable matchup going here. Uh, you have a, a solid lineup facing uh, Patrick Corbin of the Nationals, who just, you know, he's not been all that impressive this year. And, and, and the Blue Jays match up real well against Corbin. I think that you've got... Um, you know, a couple of different options for cheap cheap guys who can get you a bunch of hits and be on base when guys are scoring in terms mm-hmm. of Whit Merrifield, Santiago Espinal. I think that either one of those dudes is, an, is a nice daily fantasy play for today. I really like Danny Jansen as a mm. catcher. And I, I'm big on finding those mid-level catchers who can do some damage, but I don't, I don't want to necessarily pay up for like a Sean Murphy, right? Like save sure. yourself a couple thousand dollars on the slate. Put right. a Danny Jansen in there. If Danny Jansen's not in the lineup, put an Alejandro Kirk in there. Like either of those dudes can give you a pretty decent pop, but also not cost you $5,000 on your slate. And then a couple of other guys who I think can give you that power bat, but they've struggled a bit this year. So you're getting them at a discount. It's worth remembering that George Springer and Brandon Belt are both dudes who can rake. And so they're guys yeah. that I like a lot. Um, for this Blue Jays lineup. And I like the matchup a lot. The Blue Jays are a team that can put a lot of runs on the board. Stacking Blue Jays today is one of my uh, favorite moves. And the the at optimizer agrees. The optimizer, first time I didn't, you know, put in any of the teams that I wanted to stack or anything. I just kind of let it auto that. And the Blue Jays popped up right away on a bunch of different slates. And so I'm, I'm real interested in this Blue Jays team today. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a great call. And, you know, it's it certainly helps that Patrick Corbin has not been terribly effective for the majority of the season. And the Blue Jays have to win these games. They are falling behind in this wild card race. It's crazy to say, um, but it is now a team that is probably less likely to make the postseason at this point than likely, in part because just the Mariners have Changed everything quite around, although Texas has fallen a little bit. Uh, I'm going to give you my two. 
one of them a little bit obvious and one of them not. Atlanta. It's look, they're playing Colorado. <laughs> and that lineup in Colorado is just a no-brainer for me. Uh, you brought up uh, Sean Murphy. I I would guess there's a chance Murphy could be in a DH, but Travis DeArnaud should be in the lineup today as in a getaway day. I think that has a real chance to be a very nice value play. Love Danny Jansen as well. I like that call. But if I can get Travis DeArnaud in the lineup, I'm definitely doing that. Michael Harris has been absolutely scorching hot. I want him in my lineup right now. Austin Ray, Riley as well. And then Eddie Rosario is another guy who is not a high-profile player, not a guy who's high salary, gives you a chance to save some money and to sort of uh, balance your roster a little bit when you add guys like DeArnod and you add guys like Rosario. And then the other one I'm going to go with is I'm going to take the Royals against the Pirates. Now, Andre Jackson pitched actually pretty well in his last start. and He pitched decent in the last in the start before that. I'll take my chances against it. And I think the Royals have actually swung the bat pretty well as of late. So I'll take Salvador Perez as my first baseman. I'll take Michael Massey as my second baseman. And I'll take uh, Bobby Witt Jr. That's one of the stars that I can afford because I'm going with a little bit cheaper catching option. Bobby Witt Jr., what a good goodness gracious. By the way, now third in war behind uh, uh, Shohei Otani and Julio Rodriguez in the American League. That guy, I don't think we've talked enough about just how great he's been. But I want all four of those guys in the lineup. I think the Royals can score quite a few runs today. I will take that in my lineup for sure. Uh, Sarah, what's your final team that you're going with today? Yeah, so I'm also – I'm still interested in writing this Mariners hot streak. I think that the Mariners against the A's is just – that's an easy play sure. for me. Now, again, we talked about the fact that Julio Rodriguez is out of that lineup, so you're probably not looking to add – um, Julio Rodriguez there, but Teoscar Hernandez is another outfielder who's been definitely somebody that you can get on the cheap at the moment. Um, and he's, he's surging a little bit right now with a team surging around him. I really like JP Crawford as mm. an option. I think JP Crawford, uh, leading off for a Mariners lineup on base all the time for yeah. all of the guys coming up behind him. Um, and then, you know, maybe let's see here. Eugenio Suarez is a really great option at third base, gives you a ton of power, and he's mm -hmm. definitely going to drive in some of those runs. And then a little bit of a sneakier option. I am a big Dominic Canzone fan there you at go. the moment, and he there is definitely a cost-effective option as well. So that's Dominic Canzone, Teoscar Hernandez, Eugenio Suarez, and J.P. Crawford. It's a sneaky stack, in my opinion, against mm -hmm. an ace team that has just been historically awful. Exactly. And here's the thing, too, I like about that. Because the A's won last night and held the Mariners to one run, I like the chances of the Mariners bouncing back Absolutely. just fine. And that's also one of the reasons why I like Atlanta. Atlanta didn't go off offensively really uh, in these last – well, I mean, they scored 14 a couple days ago. But that I'm just – Colorado, man. Give me, give me anybody playing in Colorado. Obvious point is obvious, but I will absolutely uh, take those guys. Uh, starting pitchers, uh, let's take a look at a couple that we could both be using. Uh, anybody immediately jump out to your mind, Sarah? I hate saying this because he's starting against my Cubs, but <sighs> Brandon Woodruff has yeah. been unbelievable since coming back from the injured list. He is throw, he, he's striking out 31.8% of the batters he faces. He's only walking 7% of the batters he faces. His ERA is a minuscule 2.65. 
at the moment. And I don't think that, I, I have not walked by Wrigley today, so I don't know what the wind is doing and, and do well to check the flags. Always check the flags at Wrigley at game time before you mm -hmm. take any advice on a Cubs game, period, the end. I'll be tweeting uh, as I walk by later. So if the, if the wind is blowing out, you might need to correct the Brandon Woodruff play later. But if the wind is blowing in, I like Woodruff and Hendrick's chances of repeating the exact same pitcher's duel situation that Burns and Steele had last night. Those are two guys who know how to pitch. They know how to pitch in that ballpark, and they know how to pitch against those teams. And so I think Woodruff is a great play today, and I think the Cubs might actually wind up striking out quite a bit. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry for your Cubbies. By the way, Willie Adamas hit a ball that I thought was going to go 800 feet that didn't even get to the warning track yesterday. That was absolutely ridiculous, but just you bring it up. The wind is absolutely insane there. That was something to see for sure. Uh, I'm going to go with Dane Dunning against the Mets. And part of this has to do with the fact that I have watched this Mets lineup play as of late, and they're just not very good. And Dane Dunning, for the most part, has been good. He's coming off a couple of mediocre starts against the Brewers and the Twins, but to say he's facing a much easier lineup uh, in this one is quite the understatement. Last to start really struggled with command. He ended up walking six, a lot of those early on before he bounced back a little bit. Uh, in the month of August, he has a 3.64 ERA, but he has not allowed any more than three runs in any start outside of that effort on Friday against the Twins, where, again, he just couldn't find the strike zone early on. Uh, has struck out 39 batters against uh, 11 walks, so I think he can provide some punch outs. And this Mets lineup, like I watched that game yesterday, they got the one run in the bottom of the ninth. It's just not very good. I think it's very beatable. I will definitely go with Dane Dunning today against those New York Mets. Isn't it like the Metsiest thing ever that the Mets have a sell-off going and then they don't even bring up their young stars? Like there's not even anybody exciting no. to cheer for on this. Like, no offense to Rafael Ortega. Sure. Who definitely anchored the Cubs during their not a rebuild TM Jed Hoyer. Uh, but <laughs> honestly, like this Mets team is is sad to watch. I love that call. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who's another option that you're looking at today, Sarah? I always like to pair a high strikeout guy with a guy that's got a really great floor. And I think that Logan Webb is that dude. Logan Webb is an absolutely uh, he, he he's he's just going to go out and give you five plus innings and do the job almost every time. The last time he faced this Reds team was at Great American Ballpark. He threw seven innings, only gave up two runs and struck out seven. I think he's going to do way better than that today at Oracle. And so I like Logan Webb. Yeah, I like that call a lot. Um, and the fact that he's not pitching in, uh, as you wrote, at Great American Small Park, which is a terrific thing that I'm absolutely going to steal. You got to put patents on these things, Sarah, or I'm absolutely going to take them. There's just uh, nothing I can do. I'm pretty sure I stole that one from Jeff Erickson. So okay. I, uh, so you should credit Jeff Erickson for that one because I, I listen to the Roto Fire guys yeah. um, as much as everybody else in the industry. And I'm fairly certain Jeff Erickson's been calling it Great American Small Park for a while. Matt asks if we have a value 1B for today. And I think Brandon Belt is that dude. I mentioned him a little bit ago with the Blue Jays. But do you have uh, another one base, uh, another first baseman that you're thinking about, Chris? Ooh, that's a good question. So Ty France also uh, – maybe not in the lineup today because of uh, a risk contusion. It was a, kind of a crazy day for the Mariners. They lose their starting pitcher about an hour before the game. They're starting center fielder 10 minutes for the game, and they lose their first baseman in the third inning. Mike Ford makes some sense. I think Mike Ford is a guy that, especially if you're just looking for power, um, 
Some of this might depend on who Oakland ends, actually ends up throwing today. Like if they bring in a lefty early, then Mike Ford's day could be done a little earlier, except for the fact the Mariners just don't have a whole lot of bench options right now. Assuming Julio Rodriguez isn't in that lineup, I think he makes sense. And Canzone, I believe, has some first base eligibility as well. If you can get him as the first baseman in your lineup, I think he makes a lot of sense. But just the fact that Ford can provide that power against a just dreadful baseball team, the A's won yesterday to get to 38 and 94. I, I never thought I'd be saying that in the year of our Lord 2023, but it is something that I am saying. A team won to improve to 38 and 94 on August 29th. Uh, the other starting pitcher I'm going with is Jesus Lazardo. I think he's going to miss a lot of bats today uh, going against that Rays team, which look solid lineup, but I'll take his bat missing ability. And the fact that he is coming off one of his better starts against the Padres is something I like a lot too. Six innings of shutout baseball had some struggles earlier on in the month, but I just love Jesus Lazardo's swing and miss stuff so much. And you talked about pairing, right? Like you're talking about the high floor, of of web uh pairing with the strikeout ability of your other starter i have i think the floor with dunning today against the mets i think six innings of three run baseball is pretty likely i'll take that risk with somebody like luzardo who's not a contrarian guy i think he'll be in a lot of lineups today because he is one of the better starting pitchers in terms of swing and miss stuff but i like that pairing i like going with dunning and i like going with luzardo yeah, maybe I'm not going to get a win from Lazardo, which is a little frustrating, and it's something that you kind of need to finish at the very top of these things. But there's enough of a chance for the W on top of the fact that I think he could have double-digit strikeouts today against the Rays lineup. I am confident with those two guys. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I, I, I like your pairing, too, because it's kind of a more value pairing, right? Mm -hmm. Woodruff is the priciest dude on the slate today. So. Right. If you, if you take Woodruff, you have to take some bargain picks later in order to make up for that. Uh, Dunning and Lizardo might give you the same thing, but also give you a couple thousand dollars extra to spend somewhere else. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, in terms of starting pitchers that I'm just playing out avoiding, we talked about Patrick Corbin. Uh, you had brought this up uh, earlier, and I meant to uh, get to it. Uh, Darius Vine is making his MLB debut today in Colorado. Is that a player you'd be considering at all? It is not, but Darius Vine is really interesting to me. And I spent some time looking at him for my playing time tomorrow uh, column earlier this week. So Darius Vine is probably the seventh guy I think that the Braves have brought up to try to fill that fifth starter, starter spot while they're waiting right. for Kyle Wright to come back, right? We saw we saw Dylan Dodd. We saw Jared Schuster. We saw A.J. smith Shaver. I mean, they have just been rotating through. Mike Soroka came back a couple of times to fill that spot. And it looks like it's Darius Vine's turn. Uh, Darius Vine is an interesting character he's got uh he's got a plus change up and i don't know what that is going to do in colorado like i'm sure. really unsure how that's going to play there but i also feel a little bit terrible for the dude that he has to make his mlb debut in colorado that is either going to go incredibly well or incredibly poorly um and i i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna be keeping an eye on it i hope he gets another shot after the colorado start because i just feel like asking someone to make their debut at cores and then PC is that's a little cruel yeah it is it is pretty mean to be honest with you but what a great litmus test because if you pitch well in this one like you have to feel pretty confident about how those teams are going to look or how he's going to look going forward and it's a great point like uh of course uh a pitcher that they really like AJ Smith Shaver was placed on the injured list uh 
probably not going to be back at some point. So there is this opportunity here of finds pitch as well to maybe earn some time in that rotation. A uh, couple of games that I'll be avoiding as well. Padres Cardinals, uh, Rich Hill against Miles Michaelis. I think you could consider lineup stacks for both of those guys. I love Rich Hill. He he makes me feel good that uh, there's somebody still out there that's older than me in the major league in the MLB. I'm sorry, I said the MLB. Craig Calcaterra, if you're listening to this, I apologize profusely. Um, also would be looking to avoid, uh, you know, the... I, I'm sorry, I just lost it. But I would be looking to just kind of stay away from Diamondbacks Dodgers in terms of those starters. I know Ryan Pepiat has shown some real flashes of brilliance. And Brandon Fott, I think, has shown some interesting stuff as well. But I think those lineups are too good. It would not shock me if that's one of the higher scoring games uh, on Wednesday. Would you agree with that, Sarah? I do agree with that. Actually, one of the stacks that I was kind of curious about was a Dodgers stack against Fott. Like, I... Imagine they've seen him a decent amount of time at this sure. point. The weather looks like it's going to be pretty good mm -hmm. out there in LA. The Dodgers can rake. I that's that's a stack that I considered, and I agree. Staying away from that, those pitchers is is that's wise. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just if there's not enough there's not enough upside to use those guys, in my personal opinion. Pepiot could have like seven or eight strikeouts over his four or five innings. But he also can blow up, and the fact that he is not a consistent strike thrower scares the crap out of me, especially when you've got guys like Corbin Carroll playing so darn well and uh, a solid, if unspectacular, lineup in the middle. I just prefer to stay away from that. All right, so we talked about our stacks, Sarah. Who are a, a, Who's a guy that you're maybe looking to play, like a leadoff hitter or somebody that we haven't really mentioned that has a chance to go off on Wednesday? Okay, so... Admittedly, he's been struggling lately. Uh, he has not had the hottest August, but here in Chicago, we are talking a lot about the summer of Mike Talkman, and he looked really good at the plate earlier in the last couple of games. His approach has looked really good. I think he's about to break out again. So the Cubs' right-handed lineup can put up some runs, um, and Talkman is a guy who I'm interested in anytime he's batting leadoff. He's a cheap option. Again, this is dependent on the flags blowing out at Wrigley. So this is one of those situations where if the wind is blowing in, Brandon Woodruff is your starter and you probably want to stay far away from Mike Talkman in that role. But if the wind is blowing out, you could do worse than putting Mike, a cheap Mike Talkman in your lineup and seeing what happens. Because it's been a hot minute since the Cubs put up double-digit runs and they seem poised to do that once or twice a week. So uh, I like their right-handed lineup a lot and I like Mike Talkman as a value leadoff. I think that's a really good call. I It's kind of funny. We I think we slept on Mike Talkman for a really long time in part because, you know, we've seen him go through. I think he's played for 33 of the 30 MLB teams. Like, it's just been a guy who has bounced around. But his glove has given him that shot, and that glove is going to keep him in the lineup. Like, he is such a good defensive player. I think, Sarah, you remember a pretty good catch he made not too long ago that uh, kind of spurred this whole thing on. I like that call a lot. Uh, I'm going to stay in the AL Central, and I'm going to stay riding the hot bat of Key Brian Hayes. Over the last seven games, uh, he is 12 for 29. That's a 414 average, a 485 on base percentage, and a 793 slugging percentage. The big thing here is he's finally starting to tap into his power. Now, it's a small sample, and goodness knows that we have been more frustrated than enamored with Key Brian Hayes. They are um, 
there has just been so much struggle. Occasionally some moments of good with the average, occasionally some stolen bases, but it just hasn't quite come together. I'm not saying that it's completely come together for Ryan Hayes. On the contrary, really. But right now, he's as hot as anybody. Hits the two-run homer last night in the win over Kansas City. I think Brian Hayes has a chance to be a really nice value play today against Brady Singer, who, when he's on, looks fantastic, but has had some real uh-oh moments as well. I think Brady Singer's middle name might be uh-oh at this point, Sarah. I really like that Brian Hayes call. Uh, he has been smoking the ball recently, and that Pirates team, you know, they got off to the hot start, and then they really kind of swooned in the middle of the summer, but they do seem like the bats are heating up again. And so Cabrian Hayes is a nice option to get four or five at bats to hit the ball really hard and to be on base while some of those other guys are doing some damage. So I love that call. Yeah, absolutely. And I would also say uh, for the pirates, Jihuan Bay makes sense as a value play, somebody that the optimizer likes quite a bit today. Uh, Marcelo Zuna has been really hot with the bat as well. Uh, Nolan Jones, if you're looking to be contrarian to, uh, the the American League play, I think that makes an awful lot of sense as well as a play. Um, one of the more underrated rookies, I think he's shown a lot of power. Uh, and I also, just real quick, love the J.P. Crawford call. I think he's the most undervalued player in fantasy right now. Yeah, I wish he stole a few more bases sitting at the top of the lineup, but there's a lot to like about that. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of Sports Tapia's Fantasy Fire and Ice podcast. Uh, you can follow me on whatever they're calling that website at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. You can follow Sarah at BCB underscore Sarah. Hey, we're underscore buddies. That's fun to see as well. Please make sure you hit like and subscribe. Make sure you're following the show. We really appreciate your support, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.